0: Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas.
1: Welcome to Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Nick Bateman, Extension Entomologist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Uh, today I've got Gus and Ben Thrash, with me. Uh, we're going we're to hit on several things around a bunch of the crops around the state, uh one thing you know our, our phone you know a couple weeks ago we did the podcast and we mentioned that we started seeing some rice water we, we will finally start to show up in rice and since then our phones have been blowing up a lot of people are seeing a lot of uh scarring out there and one thing we need to keep in mind if you got cruiser it, odds are it's gone by this point uh looking at all this rice around the state that hasn't gone to flood that's already knee high you know, we're well past that 30-day window there. You're not expecting much activity out of that Cruiser it to that point. You know, your Dermacore, your Fertenza, uh, we would not spray that. You know, those, those products last much longer. They're, they're superior from a Weevil standpoint, especially after that 30-day window compared to Cruiser it. But if, if I'm in a historically bad place for rice water Weevils and I got Cruiser it outside that 30-day window, you know, I might consider a pre-flood there something like a lambda that, you know, we, we see really good control with that, but it doesn't fit every acre. I'm not spraying every acre with a, a pre-flood uh, insecticide, just areas that I've historically know I'm going to have extremely high rice water we will pressure. Yeah, you know, when
2: uh, when we look at all our data over the past several years, looking at pre-flood applications versus post-flood applications, Nick, it's pretty clear which is yeah. more more efficacious for us and, and those pre-flood applications for whatever reason if you're in one of those areas where you know you're going to have weevils that that's not a bad, yeah, bad it, way to go
1: that, that data that gus has mentioned is all coming from pine tree up there and y'all have seen a bunch of our data from pine tree you know on a, on a mild year up there at pine tree we we're running 30 weevils in our untreated check and a core that's ten times threshold. So I mean, it's it's notorious for high weevil pressure. So it makes sense in that area. Yeah. But I think
2: most folks, you know, it they have to they have to respond to what happens after they get the flood on, and and the calls that we're getting there's a lot of weevils adults in the field and 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 half of them are mating at the time when they're when people are seeing them. And I'm, I mean, you know, in that situation when you got forty to 50% scarring and a lot of adult activity in the field I th- I think you got to pull the
1: trigger on that yep there's no doubt about it and and keep in mind Gus has mentioned adults being in the field if you go out there and see the scarring and no adults you don't have anything to spray for you're not I mean you got to target those adults and so that window's usually within the first seven days after going to flood in most years uh Another thing we're starting to see show up in rice, or at least in our row rice, is, is billbug pressure. You know, this is typically these first couple of weeks of June over the past four or five years with our monitoring has uh, has been the peak of activity that we see. And uh, we're starting to see quite a bit of dead tillers showing up, you know, that, that first sign of, of damage out there right before egg lay or at egg lay. And, you know, keep in mind, we've tried basically everything that's out there. From a foliar standpoint, both labeled, not labeled, different rates. Uh, we're we're struggling to find something from a foliar standpoint.
2: Yeah, Chase uh, indicates right now that the the, the rice bill bugs are at a peak on on coming out coming into the fields right now, and he's seeing the the weevils that are causing damage to the rice right now. So it's a good time to be out scouting for them. Uh, you know, and, and and it's a good point. I mean, so what so what? So what do you do at this point if you're seeing a bunch of bill bugs out there? I I you know, if you didn't use uh a, a diamide like for TENS or dermacore, what do you I mean, we don't have many, we haven't been able to show any foliar applications doing much good, have we? No,
1: and I think the biggest thing you're doing when you're out there scouting right now is getting a feel for uh, how much billbug activity you have to know how to make changes in the future.
0: You know, like
1: several of the fields we've been in up around that oil trough area right outside Newport, you know, that's a hot spot for them. Even when we rotate fields and move a quarter, half mile down the field, they seem to go find that row rice. Yeah. So that, that's a good thing to be out looking right now to know they're in the area because they will pick up and move and, and chase you, you know, a quarter, half mile pretty easily. So, so. just
2: if you, I mean just because you got some new fields that are row rice, that's not necessarily – That doesn't mean a, you're safe. You're going to be immune to problems. We're also seeing uh, – we, we've been doing some work with the – Slugs, Benny why don't you tell them what we found out with that?
0: Nick put out a study the other day on some slugs and uh using the deadline where he uh he banded some uh some strips of that deadline and then he also put out some reduced rates of deadline uh for the slugs and it seems like you don't want to really cut that rate you got to go with the 10 pound deadline rate everything lower than the 10 pounds that we tested seemed to be uh seemed to still get quite a bit of stand loss uh compared to that ten pound rate no I'm
2: it very... did look like the ten pound if you banded that ten pound rate over the row that that, that yeah, looked, there
0: there's
1: that was a yeah, general but... trend there that it it yeah. was it was better than the other treatments. It, it may not have separated statistically, but this is also our first shot at it too. Yeah, so yeah,
0: we're going to keep doing some more work on that in the future. So, but for now, I mean,
2: if you got slugs and and you got you feel like you got to get them out, it looks like that ten pound rate is going to be yeah the only rate. The five the five pound rate's not
1: not, yeah, effective not good, at man. all. So with that slug with it being a bait, you know what what's our window on rain there? how long would we like it to be
2: in the field 24 to 48 hours is what i'd say i I think you got to have it out there for you know it's a bait and and if it gets rained on it's going to melt and it's going to be gone and and so the more time that it's out there uh the better chance you got attracting those slugs to feed on it uh but if you get a good rain it's gone you put out a 30 dollar application and it's gone and you mm-hmm. we can't deal with that growers can't deal with that so no. that's that's not very what else is going on in yeah days? no
0: well just thinking about uh our moth traps you know we were we were looking at our moth trap numbers the other day and they seem to be down they seem to be a little off right now uh, there's some hot spots around you know we'll we'll have a trap or two that'll that'll catch a pretty decent number of moths, but overall, our moth numbers are down. We stopped and looked at some corn yesterday, trying to find eggs on silks and uh and we couldn't find the first egg out there on a corn silk now, I'm not telling you this to uh let your guard down. don't be out there not looking for worms, but a lot of people get really concerned that they're missing worms out there in the field if they're not finding any. But it just seems like there's not a whole lot of moths out there. Not not a lot of moth activity. Uh, oh yeah, stink bugs in soybeans. A few people are, are finding some stink bugs out in soybeans. Uh, and... You know, with the weather that we've had, we've got quite a bit of uh, uneven maturity in a lot of these fields. And so a lot of times they can be spotty. They like to go to those most mature beans out there in the field because they're seed feeders. So the ones that have the most amount of seed out there in the field is where you're going to find those stink bugs. And you know, we're getting into situations uh, that we got a lot of lower ends of fields that have been flooded. And a lot of people are gonna be out there doing some replanting. And uh, what they're gonna find is if stink bugs come into the field, they're gonna be in the upper end of the field. They're not gonna be in the lower flooded half of the field or third of the field or whatever got replanted. They'll only be up there in the, in the top end of the field. And so these fields that have have these varying maturities you can't manage the field on a whole field basis. You're going to have to scout the upper end of the field. You're going to have to scout the bottom end of the field uh, because there's a lot of different things that uh, that can happen. And especially when we get later on in the season, you know those those earliest planted be- beans at the top end, they may uh, they may miss the worms altogether uh, later on in the season. But the lower end of the field that got replanted, it's liable to be. Uh, pretty covered up so yeah we got a crop of
2: soybeans that from still in the bag to we got beans that are now at r2 r3 even r4 you know in some cases and you think about those fields that are r3 right now and r4 uh those stink bugs are gonna every stink bug in the country is coming to those beans sooner or later and and they're going to be very attractive to stink bugs and you, and you may see spikes in numbers right now uh, uh you need to really be scouting those fields that are already beginning to pod because they 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 could be uh they could be overwhelmed with stink bug numbers right now there's just uh, not a lot of stuff for those stink bugs to go to and and I think that's a, they're a trap crop right now. Yeah. I think they're just a, very attractive to a lot of pests.
1: So, so with these calls on stink bugs, you know, mine have been mainly mainly greens with a few browns mixed in. You know, say it's vice versa, say it's mainly browns versus green. You know, what's your yeah. the recommendations there when it comes to insecticides? Yeah, our
2: our threshold is going to be around you know nine per twenty five. That's going to be a pretty you know, and with the higher prices for beans right now, we we may pull the trigger just a little bit quicker than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our studies show that you know that that uh, there's a little leeway between that that threshold of nine per twenty-five and getting damage in the field. We did a lot of work with stink bugs over the years, and and uh you know i'm gonna let them get up to nine per 25 i'm gonna let them get there before i treat i'm not gonna treat it four or five i'm not gonna do it i i I think you're wasting your money and and i think that we need to adhere to those thresholds uh we need to make as much as we can off these beans that we got that are still alive that haven't been flooded out and and um we we got to do the best that we can and and not being trigger happy and and being patient and treating when you need to treat and not treating when you don't i think this is a that that situation where we can maximize the growers return on that kind of situation so lastly we'll talk a little bit about cotton obviously this has been the thrips year uh we haven't seen thrips like this in several years and the thrips damage out there is is pretty severe in some in some cases and in our plots the untreated checks are just uh pretty much toast right now they're really taking it hard Uh, the seed treatments held up okay uh, not great as we have seen in the past the the inferro stuff uh, holding up a little better a lot better actually in some cases and and our experience with the thrive on technology has been extremely good this year uh, there there's been a lot of pressure on that technology this year with the thrips numbers but frankly I haven't seen anything that I would have treated uh, yeah. that that was thrive on a, at this point but uh, I think some people saw it a little different but anyway now we're getting into that that special time between where you got some cotton that's still susceptible to thrips you know about up to the about the fourth leaf stage after that our studies show that treating after the fourth leaf is uh, you don't get much out of that situation. And particularly with the growing conditions we got right now, the cotton is beginning to grow and, and move. And we got cotton that's beginning to, to square pretty good. And and in some areas, uh, plant bug numbers are kind of high, like we kind of thought they might be. And so we're hitting threshold. It's uh, on adults, uh, sweep, sweep counts, uh, anywhere from nine to 12 per 100 sweeps is, is threshold, and, and uh, we're actually uh, getting calls from a few people that, that have cotton at that ninth, tenth node, and they're beginning to see some a little bit of activity of adults moving in the field, and with all the corn we got coming back and forth in those fields that are next to corn and that kind of thing, uh, we need to be sweeping and looking for for developing populations, and watching that square retention is the biggest thing for me. I mean, I'm 80% square retention, you know, when I start approaching, if if my square retention starting to fall off a little bit, down to around 80%, it may be time to pull the trigger. But, but you know, our studies show that a little bit of plant bug activity out there is certainly not hurting yield and and uh, if they're out there and they're not at treatment level, I, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't get a trigger happy. Uh, every day we don't spray is a good day for the grower, uh, and and so if you can delay a, an application a couple days or a few days, and 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 tag it up with a herbicide application or something like that, let's just uh, let's take care of the plant bugs, but uh, be be cognizant of of, you know what our thresholds are and 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 use those thresholds to make good decisions right now what else i
0: think that's about all i got yeah
2: anything else on cotton we're not seeing anything else i don't i don't see much and we hadn't
0: we've been looking at johnson grass for sugarcane aphid and sorghum and we really hadn't hadn't seen much around so we're waiting on that one to blow up
2: i guess that's it
0: Yep. Thanks. Yep. yep. Appreciate it. And thanks
1: for joining us on uh, Arkansas Row Crop Radio.
0: Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.uada.edu.